welcome back to the far queue. Hello. Hello, hello. Ooh, so low. Oh my god, um, so <laughs> the Fucking Podcast invites you and people from all walks of life to converse about various access to equity within the context of our Aotearoa. We invite and... we invite guests <laughs> to share <laughs> your um so guests like yourself to share your lived experiences in an effort to identify common threads within support systems, social networks, and knowledge that uplifts the collective human experience. Now it's my turn. Jump the gun. <laughs> And go. Now. <laughs> um, so in season one, we are exploring, we have one overarching question, and we're exploring what does equity and support look like for various communities coexisting within one society? Mm. And today, 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 we have... My name is Xiaoliang Nguyen, mm. or you can call me Stephen. Yes, hello. Hello, Xiaoliang Nguyen slash Stephen. Um... Tell us more about you. What, 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 what is, so when I say I am, finish the sentence. So I am. Uh, Chinese. Migrant. And um, I have been in New Zealand for about 10 years. Finished my university degree and now doing my master degree. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Um, and what are your pronouns? Him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's <laughs> it. Cool. So would you extend it to he, his, him, or just him? Yeah, he, his, and him. Nice. Thanks for coming through. Ah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the different community and communities that you. Um, belong to and don't limit yourself to just the now like you can go all the way back to primary school or even your childhood up until now what are all the different community and communities you uh, attach to I think I personally believe that I belongs to various communities mm, the most notable one I would say initially as an international student community mm-hmm. because for me that was a big step for coming to New Zealand mm-hmm. to study abroad by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how important it was or how brave I was. But throughout the years after I graduated from uni, I slowly realized how um how courageous i was mm. yeah but through um why i was mainly identified as an international student um back to your question about mm. the equity mm-hmm. um i would say back then i i didn't really think about the equity side of the the community mm-hmm. because we're just too blind or never thought of, never thought about oh why people treat us different or we just ignorant towards that um that difference why do you think that is mm. do you think that's a coping mechanism or do you think that that's just i don't know part of being an international student yeah i think part of that is 
lack of confidence, of lack of like understanding of the culture.、Mm-hmm. Um, because back into China, like we can, we can see, we can feel when we treat different.、Mm-hmm. But when we come to a new environment, even people like saying different things, saying some things that's really inappropriate, we. Couldn't really feel, or、mm. couldn't really understand, and because the social norm is different, and that's why it might be a a major contributor to why we've been so blind, or I personally been so、mm. blind towards it.、Mm. And do you reckon that only it's only a a, a Chinese、um, international student thing, or is that across abo- the board? Definitely across the like different. Regions, not limited to Chinese or Asian,、mm. but I can definitely see because the Asian culture and New Zealand culture is quite different. So I would say Asian culture have, could have more, could receive more of these kind of like inequity of like the. Students from the Asian region will be more blind towards this inequity. That's what I observe.、Mm. Yeah. Is it only so? So tell us all about another. So is it just only? Is that the only commun like community or communities that you're attached to, or do you have any others? Yeah. Um. I would another identity、uh, another community I would identify with is. The gay community,、mm-hmm. um, because I'm in love with a male,、mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty. I wouldn't say hard. It was quite. There was nothing to look for. Any information that we can we can receive while、mm-hmm. was while was in China. Um, I think it's it was quite a sensitive topic in China, so that's why、um, you can receive limited information about it. But when I came here, you can you can basically just Google it and come come across a lot of inform different information and organizations that you can get in touch compared to China.、Mm. And I don't want to jump jump into like any、um, political arguments here, but are you indirectly saying that queer content is censored in in China?、Mm, I would say I'm not sure that's censored or it's just it could yeah I think it could be censored like back then, but it's more have more freedoms now compared to. Where what it used to be,、mm. and so how does that make you feel now, looking back, that you're like to almost discover who you are, like you there was nothing to be seen or heard of it. So it's kind of like, did you feel like an outsider looking in from your own community, or did you feel like yeah, you belonged or didn't belong? What do you mean, like belong now belongs to?、Uh, Chinese gay community, or or before, before like 
I feel not belongs to like a gay community at all. Like I feel not belonged. Mm. Like like our our life or outsider. Mm. Do you feel differently being in New Zealand? Yeah, like people are more open to it. It's like it's like not a big deal. It's mm. like everyone's treat you, treat you like as who you are, <coughs> regard, regardless. Mm. So, um, yeah, even I think when even when Chinese or Asian people come to New Zealand, they start mm. open up their mindset as well. Mm. Can you can you just speak as well? Like, what is the 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 psyche or the 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 philosophy beneath uh, or, or under the fact that you know in the Chinese society um, being gay is not not a good thing or not well for, like from my from a Western lens it's almost as though it's unacceptable to be gay I and, and is like can you speak on that from your perspective I think from my perspective or my understanding is that um, it's that value of family. Because for Chinese family, it used to be really um, sp- like prefer boys over girls mm-hmm. because the boys can carry the family name like or carry mm-hmm. the family's heritage, mm-hmm. like bloodline and everything. Yeah, and having a gay relationship means that's not gonna be possible. So I believe that's the major, like, barriers mm. that's that contribute to the to why it's not a like it's not as accept acceptable in China compared to Western countries. And do you think that shifts across? So, like, do you think that's still prevalent in Chinese culture or Chinese communities within New Zealand, or not really? I think it's um, it's less. Mm. It's less than in mainland China. Yeah. Because people are like more can receive more information about it and mm. learn more about them more about it. So they don't see it they don't see it as a problem. Mm-hmm. Or they don't see that's like carry a family heritage as as important as mm. the ones that in mainland China. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, mainly because probably because the environment they they are in. It's I don't know maybe just because it's the the mindset has just changed. Mm. Like, I think um, I read a couple of stories about some um, gay parents, like here in New Zealand. Um, they are they are Chinese, mm-hmm. but they are not really fussed about their children being gay. They are more open to it, mm. but they they are more like they they wouldn't publicly talk about it. But they just, they're not stopping their children. Mm. It's there, but they're not really going to mm. advocate. Yeah. Maybe advocate's not the right word, but like 
Shout out from the rooftops. Yeah. Um, So I guess to me, when you're talking, like the question that came to my mind is that um, because we are privileged to have, like, to 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 you know express and be ourselves, and 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 a lot of Western societies, does that mean that? Because I'm thinking of the conditioning in in China, and if it's to do with lineage and 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 like generational success, the succession of your bloodline as well as the wealth and the heritage of your family, does that not mean that the systems that the Chinese um, structure, social structures are, are based on, is based on. Well, to me, I'm I'm hearing that these that that that, that system is is flawed. In, in regards to the human approach or the human like intelligence because it's that system is almost outdated from my perspective because it's like you're telling the people that it's that that all of that does not fit within male female structures so is that does like is that i don't know does, does do you hear a question so like in a what heteronormative I'm yeah. kind of like needs to be a man and a woman to be able to procreate i think it's it's a pro like a progress issue. Like China used to be definitely some of the social norms are outdated. Mm. Um, oh, so not just one thing. Yeah, some so. of the social norms are outdated. That's for sure because like every country have to mm. have to ha- well have experienced that kind of like progress because mm. gay was being like treated as like a th- psychology yeah. like issues before illness yeah it's yeah. a mental health problem mm. yeah Blech. trash and then <laughs> then slowly progressed on people start realize oh it's not a mental health issue mm. and then now everyone's open about it but i think china is just on that process towards mm. it now mm-hmm. there's more just there there's there are definitely more discussions mm-hmm. and conversations about gay um, related topics happening in China mm-hmm. especially mainland but it's a slow progress but um, that was mainly because the large num- large population that process is getting even slower because maybe the mainstream has like has some of the main um, social norms still like the tra- transformation just takes time to mm. to to achieve, and it's on such a huge scale, yeah, and such a global platform too. Mm. Like so many countries look at China for innovation, and like and are leading in so many different fields. Yeah, for sure. Because gay topic is still like quite controversial in mm. even in other countries as well. Mm. So it's still illegal for, in yeah. 170 different countries. So there's that. Yeah, but I I'm happy to see there's definitely a progress about it mm. in China. Mm. So that's what I'm happy to see. Mm. Yeah, at least the conversation's been had. Yeah. And shout out mm. to all the pioneers who have been burnt in the past yeah. trying to climb that mountain because I feel like those are the unsung heroes of the story. Oh, sure. Um, any other communities that you're attached to? Mm, just, I think, 
Asian slash Chinese community community in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Speak to us about that. What's your experience of that? I feel Apart like from when you were, you were born into it. But <laughs> Here <laughs> you go. Yeah. Take this. <laughs> um, First qualification certificate. Birth certificate. <laughs> I would say, like, personally, I, I haven't been heavily involved in Chinese community in New mm. Zealand. Um, I think one, the major issue, like, the, ma- the main reason for that is it was quite hard for me to find a one that I feel I'm fit into. Mm-hmm. There's like some Chinese church group. There's some Chinese, um, like Chinese community for different regions of China. So, but yeah, I just couldn't find, really find a one that I feel really yeah comfortable with. Yeah, like, yeah, that that might be the reason for me that why I'm not heavily involved. Mm. But I'm I'm actively looking for one, mm. and also want to start one if there's none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're feeling like you have to seek out your community. Yeah. How does that make you feel that it's not just like? readily there for you but they are there there are two there's i would say quite a quite many quite a quite a lot quite a lot yeah it's just yeah i just personally can't find one i can fit in or i i'm comfortable with yeah yeah like when there's too many choices (laughs) it's a problem again yeah You've like different ten different flavors of cookies, and you just don't know which one you want. Yeah, especially <laughs> I personally have problems cho- of choosing mm. what to do or ch- make a make a decision mm-hmm. when there's too many choices. Yeah. So you choose to do nothing. Sometimes. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is that your choice? Um, just. It's just hard to make decision. You have you have to see, you have to decide the co- pros and cons of each decision, mm-hmm. and you can't just you can't weigh like weigh out any decision. So they you you feel like all the pros and cons are related mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. but you just can't really see which one is better. They're all kind of like equal in front of you. Do you, just, do you find that in other communities as well, like within the within the gay community too? Like trying to find a space where you can hang out and fit in within that space? Yeah, like, but the I, I think there's a similar situation, but for different reasons. Mm. Go there. Is it gay community, like, especially in Hamilton? Because I've been in Hamilton basically all the all these 10 years. It's like they rarely have a good one. There's like one or two that's doing things, but mm. it's not for every gay or like yeah. rainbow community. Mm-hmm. Like as compared to the Chinese community, the, the gay community here is like, 
I can't find too many. Yeah, it's just like two. It's like <laughs> it's like upset. Like it's like on. I got one community for every rainbow, like yeah, rainbow families or rainbow identified. And like that's that was a huge driving factor for us shifting this podcast from just being like queer issues to being community because mm. there's so often in society we're pushed like within the queer community to just be like one community rather yep. than a collection of communities. Um, and I like even my own experience in Hamilton as part of the queer community and identifying within a couple of different communities within that, there's just nothing like... Yeah, like... There's just nothing there. <laughs> like, it's so sad. Yeah, it is it is sad. I think, especially for, uh, like, for, like, a inter- while I was an mm. international yeah. student, like, even you... I exposed to all these different mindset. I'll, mm. I'll be more open, mind, open minded. But when you're trying to explore more, you can't really find. It's like you reach to uh, like the top of the ceiling. Mm. You can't mm. go past that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I can get. And then if if you if I want to explore more, there's nothing there. Why do you think it's so limited here? Do you think people are just like too lazy, or <laughs> are we just like population density? Yeah, I, population definitely is one issue, and yeah, like um, I might be, I might also be because Waikato region is more like like a, for farmers mm. that really um primary industry heavy yeah, region. Sure. So I, I would say some of the mindset of people still like lagging compared to the ones in other region. Like Auckland. Like big city yeah. kinda of living. Yeah, I'm 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 just like guessing that mm. might be a that might be a um reason. Yeah. And I think the lack of queer spaces in Hamilton specifically can attest to that as well. Mm. Like there was a gay club and it only lasted what like six months and yeah. it was gone. And like totally appreciate that they put in the mahi to get that open but like the community's just not there to rally around it and appreciate that space I guess in a financial support. Mm. And yeah. It, yeah and at the same time I feel like it has connection to everything and that's the reason why um queer community issues are not at the forefront right now because it's like if we don't have a community there's not a collective voice to like fall out all of these like little teething issues that we have with the lack of support Mm. and if the lack of support is not there the community is not going to come together so it's like to me i'm like i always see it from a perspective of being like this is a massive catch 22 because it's like if you don't have support not like not no one's going to come through but if you don't if we kind of need people to come through and it's like, how do we create support like spaces and places for people? And it's, I'm still at a, at a like loss for words because it's like you try and start something up and it's like pushing things uphill because everyone's got all of this to say and mm. nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, okay, so let's start doing something. And then when you start doing something, everyone's still got, got so many shifts in the kitchen, no one's cooking. 
I was like, all oh, hooey, no dewey. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the time. I'm also thinking with the, the council, well, can do a bit more. Like oh, to, go there. To I raise, totally agree. To raise more awareness or like just open that conversation to the ones that that interested mm. because nowadays like most of the active like it's for as most of the events or activities are hosted by non-profit or non-governmental mm. organization so i i feel like that maybe potentially there's a lack of credibility or lack of um come that power of convincing people to come to mm. join it if the council or the government of Hamilton or Waikato region can have more collaborations with this like non-profit mm-hmm. and non-government organizations it might potentially increase the involvement of the queer the rainbow families. Mm. Yeah. All right. So what does is, what is ideal support look like for you for those three communities? So um, you spoke on um, the international uh, student community. Uh, you spoke on the queer community. And then you also uh, spoke on the Asian Chinese community. What does ideal support look like for you when you were going through all of those inequities? Or what would you have liked to see? Individually or collectively? Um, individually or collectively, however you want to approach this. What are your thoughts? I think from a international student's perspective, like one thing I felt is like left out. It's not belonging to either cultural, like mm-hmm. when we just came here. I think back then, I um, there's definitely like Chinese Students Association and that, but because my sexuality and different um, circumstances, I felt left out. Like that relate back to why I was trying to look for more information about the gay community here. I couldn't find any more information. Mm-hmm. Could I couldn't find more about it. I think. Yeah, those. When I was an international student and as a as a queer, yeah, that I just couldn't find much support or like a guidance or like just help from any organizations. So is that an individual thing, or do you reckon that's a that's a community thing? Like, do you reckon that all? gay Chinese um, males or um, gay uh, community, um, Asian Asian or Chinese community members who are in the queer community, do you reckon it's an individual thing for you and your current approach or do you reckon it was all, like every queer fat, like um, member of um, the Asian co- Chinese community felt the same thing? I think they more or less well, felt that, that like helpless mm. or like, no, not belonging, like more or less, um, because that's the reality that we are. I was facing, and I believe most of international, like, gay students are facing. Um, 
I think, like, for I think like in the beginning, they were too shy, or they they were too shy to like trying to seek out for like help, even、mm. though there are like there potentially are some like helping group or some some organizations in, at uni about the rainbow community. But I guess in the beginning they were too shy. They just don't want to like expose themselves to that kind of like environment because, because they, they don't know from an environment that's not. They don't know they they don't know whether it's safe or not.、Mm. Yeah. So that's in the beginning, and then when they slowly like uh slowly. Learned about the cult, New Zealand culture more. They more opened up,、mm. but then they trying to look for those help, and I believe those organization can do really like quite limited. They can offer quite limited help, probably like just some counseling or um just. You know, really limited assistance. When you came from from China, were you taught anything about Maori history or Maori Maori、um, culture or Maori identities and the and the things that have actually occurred in Aotearoa, or were you just left in the deep end to try and figure all of that out? I personally have not learned or been taught any of that. Hmm. And do you reckon that that goes for everyone who's an international student as well from your from your era or from the time that you came? I can't, I can't say for everyone, but where I came, the institute institution that I came from, they they might have a brief introduction of what it is, like what the life looks like in New Zealand, and but. In terms of Maori culture, there's quite limited information that、mm. that's been provided. The only reason I ask that question is because I feel like we need to put things into perspective in regards to if you come to New Zealand and all you see in your lifestyle is like people who are from home or people who are non-Maori, and you have no expert like like you have no.、Um, How do I say this? You're not exposed to any tikanga or like、um, any、uh, Maori worldviews. You almost think that it's not a Maori country, right?、Mm. It's it's it's,、mm. it's heavily dominated by the Westerns,、yeah. and it gets to a point where all the equities or inequities that Maori communities feel are pushed underneath that, and you come in as an international student, thinking or not an international or as a visitor, I should say, thinking that your inequities are. I need to be uplifted first, and in a way, I feel like I'm not trying to say that international students or, or foreigners should 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 throw away the ideas of inequities. I just think that we need to acknowledge that these inequities already existing before we came, and then when we do come, the government prioritizes our inequities before that because、mm. it's more convenient to deal with international issues and visiting foreign aid issues. As opposed to like what's happening on the land, and that to me is kind of like the reason why I wanted to just explore to see if that was ever mentioned at all. 
yeah, even but, like in your preparation in China to coming here, were, were you was that mentioned at all? I don't think so, personally. I can't remember any. The funny thing is, the I, I the Treaty of Waitangi, mm. that's quite a historical event. I only learned that after I came here, while I was doing a a uni second year university degree law like business law degree that's why I, like first like learn about it mm. i feel like that should be a, like should be taught or be that kind of like um historical instant mm. event should be taught and passed it on before we even came here mm. i 100% that's I'm, like the I'm, founding document of New Zealand. And yeah. if you are bringing people through to come and live here and they're not aware of that, like, you're setting them up for, like... I guess that's why a lot of rough. a lot of um, domestic students or, mm. dom- like, local people see... I, I can only say Chinese community. Like, Chinese students are sometimes so rude and disrespectful mm. not because they they are like that's their it's not their nature mm. because they don't know mm. the background of the mm. of things happening in New Zealand or before they came like happening before mm. so they are quite ignorant to certain things it's yeah it's like i like i'm so mind blown at that is not a thing that is taught before you even like come through. Like, I I feel like either like it's either been taught before you came, before you come to New Zealand, or that's the first thing mm. you should be taught when yeah. you like like were first lesson when you land in New Zealand or either going to study or like do anything. Mm. Just that should be. The first ever lesson, but that already like shows that inequity in itself. So, Matauranga Maori and the Maori like the teachings of like Maori worldview is not embraced from a government level all the way. Like, and I'm not saying in the now that's happening. I'm just saying like from from 2000 and so 10. what was it 10? 2000 from 2010 up until 2013, which is the years that you probably spent in um in, in uni. It took you up until 2012 before you can actually receive anything to do with Te Ao Māori. And, and was that person that taught you that coming from a business ethics perspective or a Māori indigenous perspective? Business ethic. Mm. So that's already like a diluted version of... For sure. Like, yeah, that's only like the business part of that mm. treaty, not the whole like... The whole like... A Strength-based. Comprehensive mm. picture of that treaty. And I guess, so like for me, I'm kind of just zooming out just a little bit just to be like, if that's a university and that's the education sector, mm. we zoom out of that, the education sector is funded by the government mm-hmm. and foreigners, are, especially international students, are like from my perspective, an, an international um, f- like finance scheme to get Gosh. more money into universities. So in, in a way, I'm yeah, just it like... it's a business. Mm, but it's, it just goes to show the priorities for, like, mana whenua. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I'm not a fan of that. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, so you, so what what do you reckon would support you in um, reaching out to your queer community here in, ha- in Hamilton? Just like make sure there's enough awareness for for all the queers from like um, a level that's not non-profit organizations. What do you mean by that? It so could like be council. like from a business or governmental level mm-hmm. because that's not... I, I believe non-profit organization itself is not the solution to the problem. It's a collaboration between different parties. And what about the so so you you talked a bit from like from the from the systems from the government perspective, but what about the community? So the queer community, how could they support you? Mm, I would say organize. This is, this is just like like big dream thinking. Like, what's your ideal support look like from the from the queer community in Hamilton? Definitely, like organize more events, um, or facilitate more events, and. Just provide provide more educational opportunities for different like for the ones who's confused or who's already identified, like for them to learn about themselves. I think that's a a big that's a big lesson I have learned through my own experience. So uh, was that was that uh, a space or place that you've experienced yourself or yes. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. What I, was that for you? I, I was the the Rainbow Community Workshop that hosted by YouTube. <laughs> oh, what? really? No, no. Yeah. we don't no. know that. <laughs> <laughs> Not where we were going at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I personally find that that environment is pretty comfortable mm. and safe to to share a lot of things and to yeah, just talk to the people that that's opened up themselves to all the possibilities. They are not like, because when they signed up to that workshop, they're already, that's a big step for them. Mm. Yeah. So they're really like, I feel like they're already brave enough or and open-minded enough to start that journey but i guess if there's more opportunities or more activities like that it could potentially help more people to realize to learn about themselves Mm. and so what was your biggest takeaway from that personally so be selfish what was your biggest takeaway Mm. what did you what what did you benefit from that experience that your own experience, you might seem quite um, minor or not important, like the experience of yourself, like, but it could inspire other people. What do you mean? So like by sharing your experience for me, um, my came out experience, like story, I might think, oh, it's not a big deal. Like I just did it. It's 
But when you share that with other people, that other people might get inspired and be more, be more brave and courageous to do the same. And congratulations on um, on 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 diving in the deep. Mm. Um, just on the flip side to that, um, Kelsey, what's your focado around um, coming out or coming out stories? Like, what mm. what is your general census about that? I think it's bullshit. Go there. I think we shouldn't have to. Like, why are we living in a space that presumes that we are straight? Mm. Because that's what's normative. Um, and coming out is not just one conversation. Like, you come out every day to, like, like I often go into new environments as part of mahi and every time I go in, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Who's going to call me out on um, my undercut? Who's going to be like, oh, or who's going to think in their mind, oh, yeah, there's another gay or, like, whatever, and then how is that going to come through in their fakaro with us and, like, their kōrero? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like having to navigate those spaces every day, every different environment. People, new people you meet presume, oh, have you got a boyfriend? I'm like, no, I don't fuck with that. Mm. Um, literally. Literally. And physically. <laughs> and mentally, emotionally, all that kind of thing. Metaphorically, like, um, euphorically. Yeah, no, I, don't, I think coming out is a pretty brave thing to do and I think it's something that, um, personally, my thoughts are, it's something that I have the privilege to be able to do. Mm. Beautiful. What do you mean by that, like, specifically? It wasn't always accessible for everybody, and it still isn't. Yeah. Like, there's 170 countries yeah. still in the world where being gay is illegal mm. or being homosexual is illegal. So to live in Aotearoa where it's not illegal, we've got marriage equality, you know, like, I think it would be personal opinion. Mm. I think it would be rude and disrespectful to my my rainbow ancestors to not come out yeah, and to not live in my truth. Because they put so much on the line for me to be able to do that and they didn't even know that. But like Yeah, you're so right. I have that privilege, why not use it? Mm. Beautiful. I love that. And I so disclaimer, I already knew your stance, but I just wanted to um just give a different flavour to that because I feel like you're right. There are so many countries where coming out is actually like Hella dangerous. Like you can be you can get sent to prison. You can be Put on death row like this. It's pretty horrific, mm. to be honest. All right. So, in your opinion, and like, be completely selfish to what your thoughts are and your your intelligence is. Um, what's what's a topic that's in the far queue that you'd like to bring up to the limelight? So, what's a topic that you feel like in your walk of life needs to be talked about more, from your perspective and from your um, curiosities? That's a hot question. Um, why is that? Because there's a lot of things can be discussed, but at the same time, like I need to pick pick up the most important one. Well, like I said, I am quite bad of making decisions. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a question I need to think about. So there's nothing that's like really like your top three picks or your top five picks. Like, you know, you, there's no limits to the question. It's just, it's just what are some things that's really pressing for you that you feel needs to be addressed by society or by your communities or by your families? Like jumping into that space of what are things that are not being talked about that you feel needs to be normalized or needs to be addressed in a, in a global sense or even even in a communal sense rather than just an individual 
So if, if, if you can't be selfish to you, be, be selfish to your family, be selfish to the people that you love. I think one thing definitely is how we can, how we can contribute to resolve social injustice. Ooh, what do you mean by social injustice? There's, there's so many social inju- injustice. Yeah, but what like, is a social injustice for you? I think that could relate to inequity. Mainly like different communities receive the social injustice towards Maori, Maori community. Like how we as a visitor, like international students or like immig- immigrants, what we can do to, con- what we can contribute to resolve such social injustice. Because it always say, oh, it's between the New Zealand Europeans or like and Maori mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Like some of the minor communities like Chinese community, like, like they probably... They they remain neutral in the in these kind of like battle, mm-hmm. so like I'm thinking what that these minor communities can contribute to help to escalate the process of kind of like finding a common ground or find an equitable solutions for all of us, mm-hmm. all the. For all the community communities that live living in New Zealand, that's interesting that you put in um, um, minority or minor communities with Chinese because I would have never put them together. But I guess from your perspective and in your insight, that's that's a thing. But I would have never put the Chinese community as a minority within New Zealand because I would almost like to think that. Well, I don't know about the stats, but I feel like they would be heavier in terms of population density mm-hmm. than the Maoris in Pacific Islands. So, like to me, it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's just an interesting concept to hear you speak of the Chinese community from a minority perspective because I've never heard that before. Yeah, I guess I personally think that compared to um, one thing, one was saying minor minor community is that because that de- debate or battle between Maori and like New Zealand European, that those are two mainstream communities that's in that battle. Mm. Mm. So, so like we as like a more like outsiders and the minor, like I'm not sure minor is the right word, but more towards like the outsiders mm. that looking in to this mm. kind of like debate, what we can contribute to help to resolve the like just help to resolve the problems instead of just looking and what's happening and not doing mm. anything no that's good well that's thank you so much for coming and sharing your thoughts we really did appreciate them um uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our um, Instagram page called Fug Q Podcast. Yes. Yes. Good job. You can remember that. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> podcast, fuck you. No, fuck <laughs> you, podcast. podcast. So, fuck you, podcast on Instagram. And yes, thank you so much again, Stephen. Um, and at the same time, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.
Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Bye. 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 <laughs>